On this week's episode, we take a look at how we design mobile applications. We discuss all the different design paradigms, including material design and, of course, skeuomorphism. We take a look at the choice between designing specifically for a platform or to use a custom app design. All that and more on this week's Merge Conflict. Frank, I got a super interesting tweet recently from Lucy uh, who asked me about design. Uh, she kind of said that, you know, design, she has a hard time designing good looking applications. And she says that she knows that I love design, which I, I like design. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I was asking for some references and, and how to get ideas for designing visual applications. And this kind of intrigued a topic for today that I wanted to talk about, which is how do we design for cross-platform mobile applications and where do we even learn design? Like, how did you get started designing visual applications on these touch devices, Frank? Oh, I think like everyone else, I had to take cues from Apple. It was kind of such a new device, the whole touch screen, everything's big in your face. Before that, I had smartphones and they were just kind of like squished down desktop applications. But it was basically Apple setting a precedent for me. And I just erased everything in my head and said, learn everything you can from these people. Yeah, I like to think that, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a .NET C-Sharp developer for a long time and WinForm Z and maybe you're not <laughs> making the most visually beautiful application. Right. But it's kind of funny because that's exactly what I did. Um, I, you know, you know, I'm an Android user, Frank. I, I've heard. So, which makes it actually very complicated to design iOS or Windows applications because I don't use those phones every single day. I'm not used to the paradigms on those devices. So when I got started five years ago, I took an iOS device or an iPod touch at the time, and I took my Android device and a Windows phone device, and I used each of them for like a week or two each. Mm -hmm. And what I did is I wrote down the different design paradigms that Google and Microsoft and Apple did, because just like you, I never designed for mobile before. I didn't understand touch interaction. I wanted to take these monolithic things and I wanted to shove them in a phone. And that's not how you design apps, really. Yeah, you're like, where's the menu bar? How do, how do I put things in the menu? I know how to do that. WinForms tells me how to do that. Where's the menu? Yeah, it's just not there. And so you figure out things like, okay, now I have to present information graphically because even text isn't that great on the screens. So then you get into this whole conundrum of, oh God, if I'm displaying things graphically, now they have to look good. Yeah, and actually most of them of the most beautiful applications that I use have no, um, no text on them at all. They're all just graphics or charts or stuff like that. Um, Meetup Man, or not Meetup Man. Not Meetup Man. Go ahead. I've seen some uh, where if they're just presenting just a single number, they do it in a very beautiful, illustrated or stylized way. So even apps that do need to present some kind of data, there's a way to make it all look good. I think that's kind of the modern way. Yeah. And I think when I did step counter, uh, Mike James did it for iOS first, and it was literally just a big number with this really cool gradient background thing. And I took that with it and I was like, well, you know, if you want to see how many steps you did, you don't need like all this crazy new information. It's literally just a big number on a screen, but mm -hmm. some really nice visuals in the back. But I like onboarding a lot. And you know, we, we talked a little bit about this in the past, but that visual way is when I did, did when I did my media center, it was like a thousand words on a, on a screen, which was terrible, <laughs> but I wasn't a designer. So I didn't have resources to do these beautiful visualizations, but it seems like there's a lot more things available to us as far as, um, using Fiverr or using just, you know, free assets that are out there. 
Yeah, uh, free assets go a long way. <laughs> There's always the background websites, uh, the background wallpaper, I should say, those websites. Have you ever browsed through those? Sometimes I can spend an entire afternoon thinking, my app needs a nice textured background, and I'm going to look through a million of these images. <laughs> yes. day like that. Yeah. Always. I, I've, and I've done that before. I've totally taken <laughs> those things. I think from like Gilflish or like, I, I forget what yeah. the other ones are. There's a few of them out there that do some backgrounds. I'm like, oh, I need this wood grain background. That looks great. <laughs> Oh, the heady days of iOS 6. I mean, we, we were just, at, at first it felt bad having very simple applications. You were told everything should be textured. And then it was just this like, you're like, well, if it's a requirement, I should just take it to an extreme and make everything textured and everything stylized. Every button is its own image and things got a bit ridiculous. But unfortunately, we pulled back quite a bit from that. Yes, the good old skeuomorphism days, if you will. <laughs> well, it's not even just skeuomorphism. Skeuomorphism is, um, I, I think, the worst version of it. Do you remember there was uh, the podcast player from Apple, and it sh it looked like a reel-to-reel -reel player? Do you remember that one? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> it was awesome. They actually had like uh, uh, two decks with a tape going between them, and they animated. So that's terrible skeuomorphism. <laughs> that, that's gone wrong. But I think it's okay to have some texture and some style to your apps, a little bit of color and flair. Yeah, I think, you know, if you're working with designers, like I work often with designers for like the Evolve application, which I think is a really good example of cross-platform, even though it's done with Xamarin Forms UI, I spice it up on each platform mm -hmm. accordingly. Because sometimes for me, the user interface and doing visual design, I just simply follow what Apple and Google do. So for Apple, uh, I make them look pretty flat and I use either a light theme or a dark theme. That's kind of my base on both iOS and Android is I do a light theme or a dark theme. And I pick some colors that I like and I just literally follow the device paradigm. So I implement swipe to delete, for instance, or you know the different swipes on the tables and I implement collection views. And on Android, I do material design and I, and I sit down and I study the design guidelines. Like Google has these amazing design guidelines that you can go read through that tells you exactly what to do and not to do. And if you just follow those, like your app looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it does look pretty good. Um, I think if you do that on iOS, your app actually looks a little bit too basic, I think. Have you ever used the WWDC app? It's the conference app that Apple releases. Mm -hmm. yep, yep. It's a bit plain. I don't know. Do you, do you feel, feel me on that? Yeah, I think that we were inspired a little bit by the WWDC app that it was so oh, okay. cut down. But at the same time, we wanted to add some visual flair to the Evolve application. So I utilized, um, you know, like images essentially from user profiles. So I added some um, parallaxing and I added more visual maps, for instance, and I added some colorization or little badges that would highlight a little bit more than what that, that application did. Um, to make it really stand out in some instances uh, of the different sections. But like when I look at like what I did for table views and the headers and the groupings, I followed like those you know, groupings to a, to a T almost. So that's kind of the user interaction design, the data model or the user model, whatever we call that these days. So definitely you have to take your cues. Um, <laughs> if not making it comfortable for people, you can't have an app that's completely disorganized or in a completely different way. That would be like Snapchat or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is you can completely go against all design paradigms. That's what Snapchat does. Like their application <laughs> makes absolutely no sense to anybody ever. <laughs> uh, until you no use one. it. 
until you figure it you out. You have to right? learn it. You, it. It's a learned thing. So nothing is intuitive. And, you know, intuition is probably a misnomer altogether. Nothing's intuitive. But it's nice when you can borrow some knowledge from other apps. Whereas in Snapchat, no, you are going to learn a whole new UI from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's actually one of the interesting things when we talk about design and, and laying out our application. Um, I used to make these huge sketch flows that would be like every page and the branching mm-hmm. and all my screens. And that helped me visualize like my layout. But if you look at Snapchat, usually when I talk to people and I'm like, why don't you use Snapchat? Because I like Snapchat. It's once you figure it out, you use it. And like, well, I couldn't figure it out. Right. It's just, I don't know. I don't get it. And because it isn't super intuitive at the very first start, you swipe down and swipe left and swipe right. And you're like, oh, what's going on? Once you use it a few times, you actually almost wonder like why other applications don't do it that way. You're like, oh, why doesn't it just go over here? Like, I don't yeah. get it. Um, There's always room for innovation. I, I remember the old, uh, the very first Twitter app was the first app to have pull to refresh. It's not something that Apple invented. Uh, an app developer came up with it and it got integrated. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't seen too many other things, except for magazine apps. Have you ever noticed they're the ones getting the craziest with like the navigation stack and everything like that and your interaction behavior? Oh, yeah. I was looking at the new Yahoo application. Uh, Heather used it a bunch and it has like these crazy like vertical like dashes and it integrates like these like, you know, horizontal <laughs> sliders and like all this crazy stuff in it. Like it's yeah. kind of bananas to read a, read a news article. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But the one thing I do like about these apps, going back to our visual design that we were talking about, was um, I I was saying that the conference app looked a little bit plain to me. Mm -hmm. And that's if you compare it to something like the music app that's on iOS. That app takes this design principle that the content should... be the color should be the design should be the um, most important visual element on the screen. So in the case of music, that's a little bit tricky, but they do album covers. Mm-hmm. And what they do then is put the UI on top of the album covers uh, with the neat vibrancy blur effect that Apple can do. Mm-hmm. We can do it too as app, app developers. <laughs> but what that does is it gives you the visual design of the app automatically from the visual elements from the content itself and i think that if nothing else that's been a design principle that i try to i think i fail all the time but i try to put into my own apps of let the content be the visual thing not the not the text boxes yeah and people have always said like content is king uh in a way like don't make things kind of difficult to find i guess and that's always a kind of big debate around navigation Um, And I think when we talk about designing an application, it is some of the visual design, but also it it is around how our users get around our application. And and when I think about designing cross-platform mobile applications, the biggest consideration I have is how do my users navigate to and from the different portions of the application? Um, And there is no one right answer, right? I think if you look at iOS applications, like the de facto standard is tabs. So it's like a lot of tabs, like here's all your tabs. (laughs) if you have multiple sections, but it doesn't have to be um, on Android applications, like fly out navigation is super popular, but that doesn't mean it's correct. So, you know, for every application, if you only have a few main sections of your app, there's no need to add all that extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, in the case of the Evolve application, and we talk about cross-platform user interfaces, like something like Xamarin Forms, I build my user interface once and it scales magically. Mm-hmm. Well, if I do a fly-out navigation with a master detail page <laughs> on Xamarin Forms, I get a fly-out navigation on iOS, on Windows, and on Android. 
But if you look specifically at the Evolve app, there's tabs on iOS. And that was done specifically. And I, and I, and I made that a decision to do it that way because that's what iOS users are expecting, right? When I was, when I was doing um, the My Media Center application, well, Android users expect long press to delete something and bring up context menus. On iOS, you swipe. On Windows, you right-click or you long press and it brings up this other menu that comes up on top of it. So I think when you think about building applications, for me at least, I always think it's worth it to put that extra spice in it. I don't know about you when you do certain cross-platform things, but uh, you have that unique opportunity, even if it takes a few extra minutes or a little bit more testing to do it. I think that spice um, can help. I agree with you so wholeheartedly that I drive myself insane with all of this uh, because I, I don't use a cross-platform UI toolkit. I generally write native UIs for all my apps. So if you see my app running on multiple platforms, I generally speaking wrote the UI, if not from scratch, but using native controls, nothing um, shared between or very little shared. This is all sounding terrible, but the point is I am building native UIs because I believe so fundamentally that an app should act the way you would expect for the platform that it's running on. A Mac app should act like a Mac app, iOS, iOS, et cetera, et cetera. So I actually really applauded you for that design. Uh, you were able to pull off Xamarin Forms. You still had like a huge amount of uh, code reuse, code share between all the UIs, mm -hmm. but they still had those native little what quirks <laughs> differences quirks. yeah <laughs> sure a little spice you spice it up spice, you know just, right. that was the word <laughs> yeah and, and, and it doesn't take too much to do so i think like if you're looking and and this design around great reference ideas like the first thing for me is if if you're going down and i'm just only creating an android application like i just sit there and i study android applications from google and and not on ios google has this one exception that they get to <laughs> do whatever they want uh, on on their platform like when there are and there, there's a google app on ios like it looks like an android app and that's intentional yeah. they want you to be that way um one thing i do not do and i don't know what apps maybe you study frank or have studied in the past but i do not study facebook or twitter because they're terrible mm -hmm. examples of applications twitter's gotten better but facebook is a terrible way of designing an application <laughs> No, I, I generally try to avoid big companies, in fact. I, I would definitely go toward the indie developers because that's where the good ideas are going to come from. That's where someone who does have great design talents is going to release their apps. And so I like to look at what a lot of the smaller apps are doing, uh, things like that. Apple gives its biggest cues, but uh, from there, I'm looking for the smart ideas from the smaller ones. Yeah, are there any like websites that you've used in the past? Um mm -hmm to get like inspiration or how do you get inspiration i guess iosfonts.com i always start with a typeface and then build mm. an app around the typeface no it's not true <laughs> um yeah this is a little bit embarrassing but um i tend to get all my inspiration from sci-fi movies <laughs> so I take screen capture after screen capture of every sci-fi movie i can see and my thought here is simply that these sci-fi movies have big Hollywood budgets and can afford really good designers. So I want to see what really good designers think a computer should act like, how an app should act. And so I actually, um, yeah, I, I actually look to Hollywood, unfortunately, a lot to see what's going on and all, the, makes, all that, the arts. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, when I look at something like an Iron Man movie, I mean, some of that stuff is so crazy and you're like, well, it's so futuristic, but 
could I make something like that? You know, and uh, yeah, or at least just the interaction model. Like, mm. what inputs are they doing? What is the machine synthesizing? What are you modifying after that? It's the interaction models there too. Yeah, the expectations. <laughs> yeah, I think besides studying what Google and Apple um, have done, is there's some websites I, I linked to you. I, I typed it over to you, Frank. Um, from Up Labs. I've been following this company. Um, not, I don't know if it's a company or just a group of designers and stuff that are out there, but it's specifically around, it used to be only Android. Now they have an iOS and web section, but mm-hmm. people essentially do full app designs or calendar designs or widget designs or a sign up page. And some of them are like from current apps and they're like, here are the animations and here's some code or here's a GIF of all these different interaction models and icon models, and you can kind of see over time things advance, or sometimes they'll say like, oh, this could be the new Instagram icon. You're like, oh, cool, that's like crazy. Or they'll recreate the NuGet rings, you know, and you can see how they're doing it. And what I like about this website, at least for Android, is that they really follow the material design guidelines. So if you're building some type of application, you're like, oh, I'm building some type of messenger application. You could like literally pop up like 10 different messenger style applications and say, like, oh, man, what are they doing here and there and that? And uh, there's a few in here. Like, I think there's one people will take current applications like they have one for um, embassy suites. All right. And I'm going to post this to you, Frank, so you can take specifically a look at this Um, uh, for for just room rates and things like this. And this one's so cool because like they take the existing embassy suites application, they re-envision it. Right. They're like, this is what it could be. So, for instance, I really like this one because there's like rooms like I'm looking for one one bed, two beds, three plus. And there's like little bed icons and there's like, you know, little toggles. And mm-hmm. here's where you can put the little things. And here's where the actual um, drop shadows should be on all of these. And I'm like, well, wow, this is really cool. And and the first thing you see is when I'm on this page and there's like the beach resort, it's very visual, right? It's very visual with those images. And just like you were saying with the uh, the iTunes application that really pulls out and then they give you the color palette and and the actual fonts that they're using, which is really cool. Um, and I always start, you always start with fonts. I always start with color palette. That's what I always do. But I don't know. I really like this thing. I'll put it in the show notes. I'm a big, big fan. I actually subscribe to their Twitter account. And they're always tweeting stuff all the time. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen anything like this. Never. I've never seen anything like this. And so I, I have to give just a few quick feedback points. A, awesome. Uh, you can see <laughs> the neat thing here. I don't know if James explained it well enough is you can just scroll through thumbnails of user interfaces on apps. And it's, I think the uh, comment B number two is it's, oh my God, overwhelming. <laughs> there is so much stuff on here. You could process like each one of these screenshots. I could spend like an hour uh, pulling ideas from just one of these screenshots. So this looks like an excellent use slash waste of time is to spend it on this site. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. And and some of them are super generic to like a statistics application or a pet application. So they're not always just like, oh, I'm re-envisioning the, you know, hotel application. But it's like, oh, I'm thinking about doing a scores or a Yelp type log, you know, a specific onboarding screen. You're like, well, that's really cool. Or app icons. Like, well, that's, it's a crazy what these people are thinking of. And it's free, just <laughs> inspiration. That's what I like to think of it as. So when people ask me like, hey, where do you go to find this stuff? I'm like, there's people that are trying to get their designs out there and they want to be hired and they yeah. want to get, you know, build their repertoire of, of portfolios. Like this is where it's at. This is cool. 
Yeah, that is fantastic. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 like I said, I'm a little overwhelmed now. I should stop looking at this. <laughs> yeah, you can just literally scroll through it all day, every day. It's great. I love it. I don't um, see much skeuomorphism though, so we really have moved away from it. It's too bad. Yeah, I mean, did you did you love skeuomorphism? Was was it? I mean, it's all you, it's all we knew. Uh, yeah, because earlier when I was uh, making fun of that real to real player in the podcast app, I secretly mm-hmm. loved it. Um, I I once very much angered my friend because I wrote a map app. It just drew a map, but I insisted that it have vignetting on the side, so it looks like you're looking at like an old CRT or something like that. And so <laughs> I'm all about adding stupid little bits of flair like that to make it look like something. Fortunately, the modern style is to do away with all that flair, so I've gotten rid of most of it. But yeah, there's a part of me that really loved it. What's wrong with having fun with things? You know, it doesn't all have, have to be cold, rectangles, solid colors, and ooh, transparency and blur. That's your design effect. It's nice, but you can't. we can't live in glass and concrete houses all the time. Sometimes you want like a cool 70s house. Yeah, I mean, I think it's okay to go down those routes. You know, I think... I think there's ways of doing completely custom user interfaces and still making a great looking application. Um, so you can be skeuomorphism if you want. Sure. I, I, I think the biggest place you see it is video games. Every video game needs a menu and or some kind of interaction model where you're clicking around. And they're usually pretty conservative, just lists of icons and things that you can buy and stuff like that. But the good news is because they're a game, they're very heavily designed. So <laughs> you can maybe sometimes see some good UI in video yeah. games. You know what? Um, when I talk about cross-platform design, there's two things I want to point out too is, you know, I look at... Mm, the user interface on each of them. But one thing I do specifically, and I think this is a mistake that some people try that they make. So I'll try to give my tips and tips and pointers mm-hmm. is the, the icons that you use for like tabs or in the toolbar, um, use the platform specific ones. Um, <laughs> it's very important. Um, yeah, iOS, it's it, there, there aren't actually too many platform specific icons, unfortunately. Yeah, well, like so. your search icon, you know, if you have a search sure. thing, like use the iOS or Android one, Google has a like 500 icon deep material <laughs> design that's yeah. there. It just upsets me whenever I see iOS icons on an Android device or vice versa. Um, because it's the same as like if, if you when you open and the Google application on Android, it's very different. Right. And people are looking for specific icons. There was this big shift um, back in like Windows days where like, could we just use similar looking icons? Like, why are we reinventing the wheel? Why does every app on iOS have different icons for X, Y, Z? Like, let's use similar things Um or Android, for instance. And that's what Google does. Like when you go to the Android Asset Studio, like you can just be like, oh, I want the search icon. I want the ad icon. Yeah. I want the you know network condition icon. It just looks good. That's my one. That's my, that's my pro tip. Okay. It's so worth are, it. are we shaming people? I don't know people. Yeah, you definitely have to do the platform specific ones. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I, I've definitely cheated in the past. I, I was about to make fun of the, um, have you ever had a magnifying glass? And sometimes the handle is off to the right and sometimes it's off to the left. Oh, yeah. I had an app once where I had both icons and it was pretty embarrassing. So I'm slapping my past self and saying, yeah, be consistent. It drives the people that 
<laughs> the OCD types. It drives us insane. Yeah, consistency and just like what people are expecting. Like it, you know, if you don't need to reinvent the wheel, if there's already an icon out there that's standard from Apple or Google, but. I don't know. I think what's interesting is when we talk about the design and then you you said something interesting, which was like, you know, displaying text. And um, one thing that I noticed is you have a library. What's it called? N graphics or something like that. N graphics. Yeah, that's one. I've seen it heavily used for doing graphing. Yeah. And visualizations. And my little company I used for worked for and a few of the guys there and, and gals are work on this like Loki app, which is kind of a um, smart thermometer type thing. And instead of just displaying like your your highs and lows of the temperature and over time and stuff like that, that is beautiful graph and turn these end graphics for everything it was super impressed, like circles and all this crazy mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, wow, this is like crazy. Just visualizing a number with with charts just. I don't know. It, it just blew my mind. Like sometimes <laughs> I don't think about that. Cause I'm just like, Oh, I'm just going to yeah. put a number on the screen. <laughs> but you know, one of the most cool things that I've ever seen is when I open the weather application that's built into Google now on my phone is it has like these charts and then it has like different like backgrounds. If it's raining, it's like this little frog and it has an umbrella mm-hmm. and it's just like this visual indication, right? That's what I'm trying to get across is the visual indication. Maybe we come back to it. Maybe I'm harping on it too much, Frank. I don't know. But uh, you can shut me up. Um, but no, uh, uh, you, you mentioned a lot of things there, though, and I, I, I want to break it down. But <laughs> break it down, break it down one at a time. <laughs> I don't even know if I can. Uh, but uh, something I notice a lot, n- not only in addition to all the visual indicators that you mentioned, um, like all the awards that you get in your running app and all the iconography that goes with everything, but it's the subtle animations and things also. And so I actually designed and graphics. With the whole point of I wanted to make my apps more graphically rich, like um, all the all the operating systems have nice built-in vector graphics rendering libraries, but they're not super easy to use, and they're definitely not cross-platform. And mm-hmm. so I wanted a simpler API that made it just stupid simple for me to add graphics to my application, and I ended up to really stress test that library i ended up writing a video game uh you can go get it it's called spacey oh yeah it's so cool um, (laughs) and so that was kind of my stress test because um i used this what i consider a simple graphics library to do all the rendering in there and i did my best to try to make it all look good uh and it's all very heavily animated and it runs on a million platforms i think it runs on the watch right (laughs) It started on the watch. The whole point was it was it was a watch app, but the way Apple ended up doing watches, you had to have an iOS app to go along with it. So it's a watch slash iOS app. <laughs> but yeah, the whole point is if you want a graphically rich app, you have to make it super easy to do graphically rich stuff. So that's why you see people using like XAML and XAML designers. But um, the easier you can make it to compose up a user interface, the more graphically rich you can make your app. Yeah, I did. You know, I'm, it's always kind of those final touches. Some people kind of get caught up on trying to do like over complex animations and all these other little things. I kind of try to add those last, like, let me get the base functionality first. For instance, in the evolve app, I wanted to do a lot more animations, but I really only added two. I added the, um, 
the 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 speaker image when you scroll up and down it it does parallax parallax is like the easiest thing to add into your application (laughs) it's literally just a translate y (laughs) like on this thing it's really simple i did a whole blog post but it looks so good yeah it's easy to do and if you're using standard android material design a lot of it's just built in for free if you use certain controls um and then you know what i did is whenever you hit you i got inspired by twitter this is the one time i got inspired by twitter is whenever you tap on yeah i think it's whenever you tap on a heart on the twitter application it does this little it does these little like little spark thingies little particles come off mm-hmm. whoa that's cool and uh and then i got inspired by like when you double tap a photo on instagram and you double tap it kind of like this heart kind of pops up right yeah. And I go, well, this application is in exactly like that. It has this big heart. It's very similar to the Swarm application. But I noticed in the Swarm application, when you touch, touch on their heart to like heart someone's check-in, it doesn't do anything. And I go, well, it's kind of actually not very inspired. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I kind of recreated that Swarm type cell in the Evolve application. And then with the heart that's inside the cell, when you tap on it, it it, it grows in size to 125% over like 0.2 seconds and then goes back down to 100%. So it mm-hmm. looks like it like is like bump, bump, like kind of, <laughs> it gives it a little bit of life. I know that little yeah. bit of life, right? Just is something, it, it, it makes it feel more than static content on a page. Yeah, this is this is the stuff I kick myself that I don't do nearly enough of. Um, and iOS actually makes it so easy to do these uh, very subtle, very small animations. And yeah, I think, unfortunately, for me, I always say, yeah, I'm going to leave it to the end to add all these animations. But then I never do quite get to that point. Yeah. And so lately, I've been kind of slapping my own wrist and saying, well, if this is animatable, then I'm going to animate it. The the thing is, even if you're moving something like two pixels, uh, the difference between a, a three frame animation and just hopping those two pixels is night and day. It's it really makes the app feel well professional, loved, modern. I don't know. Pick adjectives. Just good. Yeah, yeah, and and often you don't have to do very much, like you're saying for iOS or even for Android when you're transitioning between activities. You can do custom animations and do some really cool things with just some XML actually transforms or vector animations. Like it's yeah. kind of crazy. You can just do some of this stuff or, you know, what's a really cool tool. Uh, what to put it. Um, Mike James is in love with it. It's called pink code. Have you ever done pink code? Uh, it's an old tool. Uh, I, I've never used it, but I know about yeah. it. Pink code is think of it like mm, custom controls for it's a i mean it is custom controls but it's it's kind of like you draw things and you can, can explain you, it differently <laughs> go ahead you, it's, you, it's you just explain. a painting it's just a painting and drawing app but as a file format it outputs code so you can do build up whole uh ui designs in it but on the front side it just pretends that it's just a normal drawing program like illustrator or sketch or any of those yeah yeah, exactly. And it actually exports C sharp code too, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you can draw, but you can also set custom properties and then it will kind of help animate things. So let's say you're doing a, um, a, a circle that fills or whatever. You mm-hmm. can have it based on the percentage automatically do animations and things like that. It's kind of cool. 
Yeah, it was actually an inspiration uh, with N graphics. I wanted that same easy animation capability. And so we, we take it from different tactics and graphics is kind of SVG based. So you can use uh, whatever drawing program you prefer, bring it in, and then you can set up your animations just by finding the IDs of elements and, you know, giving special names to things. It's kind of that HTML way to do animations. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you've done, Frank, that you're, you like had to go delete the user interface and you're just like, oh, this is way too complicated. I completely messed this up. Over and over and over again. I'm trying to write this robotics program right now. If you don't know, I, I just love robotics. I love uh, writing embedded software and having it control things. And so for the last couple of years, I've been trying to write a robotics app that would kind of streamline a lot of the um, annoying, more annoying parts of robotics and hopefully enable some new things, some new op- new things. Oh, but oh my God, I am on like version 25 of the user interface and it is daunting and terrible. I keep jumping between 3D interactions, 2D interactions, property sheets, not using property sheets, uh, on-screen controls, touch-based UI, keyboard-based UI. I've tried everything and I'm going insane. So the answer to your question is yes. Yeah, I think um, I think it's okay to throw stuff away, right? Like try it, do it. Um, yeah. Often, kind of the best way is to put it into someone's hands and let mm-hmm. them try it and watch them. Don't tell them how to use it. That's a that's a pretty common mistake that I've done before in game development. Is like you explain. If you have to explain the yeah. the application to someone, then there's something wrong. But just even better, see. don't don't talk at all. Don't yeah. <laughs> don't make any remarks. Just watch. And answer questions if they ask them. Otherwise, keep your mouth shut. And oh my God, you're going to learn so much. It's so scary watching someone use your app. Yeah. And it's like, if you're, you know, what I found is you can, if you have friends, you can obviously have them use it for free. Um, but if you just go in, in, I've had companies send me surveys. So I don't want to encourage anyone to be like, oh, I'm going to go on Craigslist and do this thing. But I've had companies like send me um, offers for like, oh, $25, $50, $50 Amazon gift card, right? Um, to for an hour of your time like that's cool like i'm gonna get like an hour's worth of someone's time that's gonna go through and sit down and do ux studies because if you pay like a ux company to do a ux review that's very expensive Mm -hmm. but you know just see how people use it first your friends and family like that's (laughs) the first go-to but um I've read a blog post from a gentleman, must have been a definite extrovert. I don't know if I have the guts to do this, but he just went to the DMV. Everyone's so bored there and they're just waiting around. He put up a sign saying, would you please try my app for free? And he just sat there with two phones and anyone who came up to him, he'd hand them, I think it was actually a game. And he would just watch them play the game and they could uh, fill out a questionnaire at the end if they wanted to. That's amazing. So it, it can be that easy, but... Oh, that's a lot of guts to do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eh, I mean, I could definitely see it when you're at the DMV, you're like literally bored out of your, out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's pretty, that's pretty genius. Places too. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Maybe a museum, find all the people sitting down that are tired of walking around. Yeah. Another good thing that I like to do, um, when I'm, when I'm using applications, it's a little bit harder to, when I, when I think about further down the line of, uh, trying to be better about stuff is I like to take notes about what I don't like about applications Mm. uh, and write it down. I have like this journal of, of like my do's and don'ts. Like when I'm using applications, like what do I like about them and don't like about them? 
like their user interactions or their UI paradigms and watch them evolve over time. Um, that's a lot of work, yeah. but if, if it's an application you use all the time, like when new versions come out, like swarm is always updating with new, interesting things. Um, I like to kind of like take a mental note or take a Google keep and be like, Oh, I really like this idea. And, and then take a screenshot of it and, and, you know, put it away in my little, my, my drive, you know, for yeah, that, that's so smart. I, I, do the same. I, I take screenshots. That's my way of doing it. But the problem is because I'm so haphazard with how I'm taking these screenshots and I don't uh, bother to annotate them or anything, they just kind of get lost to the mists of time. So I'm a bit jealous of you. I haven't thought of the anti-pattern approach either, too, of if you see a UI that you absolutely hate, take a screenshot of that, too. So <laughs> okay. Never do this in my app ever. <laughs> Reminder, yeah, have it printed yeah. out. I need to, yeah, uh, I'm jealous because I know I have all these screenshots. I just wish that they were organized somewhere. There you go. That's 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 your takeaway, Frank. Get, get mm-hmm. a little organized, have a little to-do to do. <laughs> Put them in your Dropbox, you'll be good to go. Along those lines, I actually do keep um, screenshots of versions of my apps as they progress over time, and those are hilarious to look back into. If it- those are fun. I've definitely done yeah. that in the past when I when I worked on apps for like that went for like two or three years. It's like it's super yeah. interesting to see. Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I designed that. Yeah, you're like, oh, that must have been the grunge phase. Yeah. <laughs> so- and, it, and it's okay to evolve your your UI over time because things change, right? And you know, design oh, paradigms change. Yep. And we've discussed operating systems change, preferences change, styles change, all yeah. that. Um, anything else you want to cover, Frank? This is a broad topic. I hope we do UI more often because we could talk about it forever. Yeah, so I would love to. We'll let to it go hear, this time. Yeah, I'd love to hear specifics. If people want us to to go deeper into specific topics, let us know. Tweet at us um, at MergeConflict.fm on Twitter. Um, if you like the podcast, rate us on iTunes. We'd super appreciate that. We don't ask often to do that. We've been uh, just, you know, helps us out a little bit. Uh, but, you know, we want to hear from you. What topics do you want to have covered? We love we love hearing from our listeners. It's it's probably the, the most pleasure we get from this podcast. Besides that, I get to catch up with my good friend Frank every single week. But uh, we love hearing from you what you like, what you want to hear. Um, but, yeah, this has been Merge Conflict. Uh, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.